Hello everybody and welcome back to episode 5 of Just The Fitness Tip, Edinburgh's number one fitness podcast with Michael Ujoa and Jason Alls. Once again, Jason, hello, how are you doing? I'm good, Mitch. As always, really good. Uh, I'm dressed like your dog today with a very similar black and white scheme. Uh, Daisy's trying to escape. She's <laughs> obviously border already. Hopefully the listeners she are still listening. Is. Yeah, she's out. She's yeah, out. yeah. We'll let, we'll let her free. We'll let her free. That's We're not forcing the audience here. <laughs> You're all free to go whenever you want. Please don't. Yeah. <laughs> Excellent. So how's your week been? What have you been up to? Anything exciting? Well, actually, yeah, it's funny you asked me this, oh, no. Mitch. Um, because, uh, so... In relation to last week's article about in Shetland how people have been prescribed uh, a sheet of outdoor activities, I thought, you know what, like I'm going to go to my GP. I'm going to go to my GP. I'm going to see if there's an Edinburgh specific one. And my GP was, was very uh, helpful and gave I'm... me this list of, of things, uh, of ways of staying fit, Edinburgh specific things with getting out. So... I've managed to tick off a few already and I'll just list them for you. Uh, first one was walk slowly behind a group of tourists. Easily done in Edinburgh, yep. so yeah, was yep. that a challenge? I mean, that was effortless. Uh, I've got walk up four flights of stairs to tell the Airbnb guests to keep the noise down. <laughs> that was particularly challenging, especially. I had no day. idea that any of this was coming, so yeah, this no, is. Yeah. Uh... You should go UGP as well. Okay. Then. Uh, another good one was walk past Pure Gym and gaze longingly at what your life could have been like if you hadn't got chucked out a few weeks ago. <laughs> so, obviously, quite strangely specific for me. I don't know how my GP knew that, but uh, it's always good to know that the services are tailored. I've got um, carry your monthly Boombod reserves home, which is. Quite a lot of weight. Um, obviously, one month's worth of boom bod. Yeah, I think you get like a, a one month supply at a time, don't you? Yeah, I was, I was jacked at the end of that walk. <laughs> I've got uh, enjoy the unseasonably warm weather. It was nice to enjoy it. You are wearing a vest and a cap again today. I know, it's so. been quite warm. Um, but obviously, the next one was run back home to get a jacket when it starts raining. Okay. Which uh, <laughs> <laughs> happened immediately after. And last but not least, I've got pose for pictures with fans. Uh, doing that pose in the mirror where you, you stick your bum out and uh, you get a good side bicep. I've uh, been doing that with a lot of uh, Just The Fitness Tip fans, or as I've come to call them, tippers. 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 I uh, like it. Okay, yeah. and how many fans have you met? Oh, just, I mean, just Amy, you're if I had a pound for every <laughs> fitness tip fan I'd met, I would have about four pounds. That's impressive. That's four yeah. more than I thought. Yeah. And what about you, Mitch? What have you been up well, to? Well, first I want to know whether following your GP list has made you feel any better. I certainly feel... <laughs> well, it's nice to have a checklist. It's nice to, to be able to look back on your progress <laughs> of a week. It's certainly helped me see the city in a new light. Uh, it's helped me see you, you Mitch, Mitch you know better than anybody that. Uh, so I, I do a, a series with Dan I uh, don't know if I've mentioned it shout out to Dan uh, it's called it Dan and Jason Frolic Through Fitness and um, the Quest for Gains series is all about getting out of the gym and finding fitness in your everyday environment and so this checklist that my GP presented for me <laughs> I mean, it's been a game changer, really. I just like how this is the only thing we've ever prepared prepared for this podcast. Like, we usually come fully unprepared, and I'm actually, I'm pretty impressed with this. Thank you. Yeah, and if you've been feeling better, then once again, shout out to Shetland uh, Council or whoever's in charge of their... Uh... If any tippers out there w- would like <laughs> a copy of the uh, of the list, uh, just Add me on Instagram, it's at Jason from Unicyclist, <laughs> uh, and I'll send you the download link. It's just, it's on the uh, NHS Scotland website. Incredible. Incredible. So that's kept you busy for the last week since we did the last podcast episode. Yeah. Um, me, since last time, nothing too exciting. I've got another couple of um, speaking gigs lined up, the one with Lyft, uh, Jim, that I'm doing you love Lyft, this Jim. month. I do Although, love actually, it. we have to shout out. Andy, Andy. <laughs> you can't forget his name. I didn't want to double shout down out. on that. Shout out to Andy, who's uh, is a big tipper. I've heard. <laughs> um, so I think we need we'll need to get Andy on, or, or I think we're going to. Yeah, he's currently he's abroad actually at the moment. He's competing at the Worlds for powerlifting. So good Ooh. luck, Andy. Um, I don't know whether he would have done anything by the time this goes live, but I wish him all the best. Well, we're fully behind you, Andy. Um, 
I hope you take home the gold. <laughs> yeah. yeah, so I've got a talk there uh, planned for later this month um, and been in touch with Brawl Bloggers because I'm talking on a panel there. Oh in a yeah, few I saw that. Time as well. saw that intimidating picture they posted of you. I know, it was quite... I was going to get a ticket and then I saw <laughs> yeah. that look in your eyes and I was like, oh, maybe not. <laughs> yeah, no, other than that, I've just been kind of working with my online PT clients, signed up a few new clients this week. So it's always kind of quite a bit of work involved getting them set up. And then just planning for our next episode of Just the Fitness Tip. And here we are. And here we are. We have some some good articles lined up, uh, as always. And the first one is great. I don't know how you found this one. Was it just from Googling for... for you know what? For... <laughs> I found it on... Believe it or not, I found it on Muscle and Fitness first. Did you? Okay. Yeah. Um, but for a number of reasons, for some reason, I couldn't get the article to work. So I Googled it and I'm now on the Metro. So... Um, so that's where the source is. Amazing. Okay, so should we just jump straight in then to first article? Let's dive in. <clears throat> so the first article um, is it's about McDonald's fries, and this article is claiming that McDonald's fries could help cure baldness. <laughs> Are you a regular visitor to McDonald's, Jason? You know what? I, it's it like most people. I think it's a guilty pleasure. Mm-hmm. Um, I went through a period of of not going to McDonald's for a long time, a long time. When I was a kid, I loved the chicken nugget, okay? <laughs> and I didn't go to McDonald's for ages. And uh, my fiancé reintroduced me to the to the chicken nuggets, even though she's vegetarian. But um, <laughs> but we went to McDonald's, I got was chicken Was she just nugget. enjoying the nuggets through you? I think so, yeah. yeah. Um, but we went to McDonald's, and ever since then, uh, I was in London, I got 20 chicken nuggets. Did you? I was drunk. Okay. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> But so yeah, no, I I do enjoy McDonald's occasionally. I do too, to be honest with you. So when I'm out and about and um, really busy, low on calories, I actually use plain hamburgers from McDonald's to get my protein intake Whoa. up because the stats are actually pretty good. Um, top tip there from Just the Fitness. Tip. One time I ate eight cheeseburgers in one sitting. Yeah, they're really cheap <laughs> and they're pretty tasty. And you're really poor. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Although they do leave you with a sense of emptiness, both emotionally <laughs> and uh, physically. Okay, so yeah, this article is uh, apparently suggesting that McDonald's fries could help cure your baldness. <laughs> baldness? Baldness. Um, and I think they've jumped onto the fact that they use this certain chemical um, with McDonald's fries to apparently stop... Um, was it to stop air bubbles or something um, during the cooking process? Um, but they've used this certain chemical in mice, and it's apparently grown hair back. Um, so, <laughs> I don't know. You, you've got quite a luscious locks, Jason. Do. You don't need to worry too much about this. No. My hair is starting to thin depressingly, Uh-oh. which is fine. I know my dad, if I go, if I follow my dad, then I've got no hope. Um, but if McDonald's is the cure, then I'm in. Yeah, I'm in. I'm going to be there every day. Well, what I like to see is everyday things being used to help everyday problems. You know, <laughs> yeah. it's not about getting fancy supplements or going on crazy kind of um, diets. It's about integrating these simple things, something we can find on every street corner. I will say, I, I was reading this. I was reading about the team that have done this, and then it said the Japanese team. Yeah, only in Japan. Would they be trying to regrow hair on mice with McDonald's fries? Yeah. Shout out to Japan, big fan. Of Japan. <laughs> yeah. yeah, so the, I think I've just kind of read it here. So the the chemical that is used, I won't try and pronounce it because it's got a very long and complicated Go on, try it. name. Do it. Uh, Dimethylpolysilazine. Yeah, you yeah, nailed it. Butchered, you nailed it. Butchered. Uh, so they use it for safety reasons to prevent the cooking oil from foaming. Mmm, um, delicious. Yeah. <laughs> but they're saying it's quite successful and it would work with humans too. So, uh, bald folk out there, there is hope. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, the article, as always, if we try and put a serious spin on it here, is very misleading. Uh, McDonald's fries are in no way going to help cure your baldness. Um, you can eat as many of them as you like and it will not help, sadly. Oh, really? Does it say that? <laughs> well, they don't... It's. They use the chemical with the oil to stop it foaming. It's not actually like in the fries that you're eating. But will there not be a certain amount of it absorbed by the fries? I think it's very unlikely. Is this a hit campaign on McDonald's? I'm sure there's a certain technique that they have to use for it to work rather than just munching your way through some fries. I would say any tippers out there who are a little bit follically challenged, (laughs) why not try this? Try and get some more chips in your diet, McDonald's chips, and let us know if you get any hairier. 
and we are not responsible for what happens as a result of consuming that many chips. No. Unless you get really hairy. Then we are totally <laughs> responsible. Yeah, so a little bit misleading. Don't eat all the McDonald's fries and maybe wait until they have a successful process that you can use to help grow your hair back. Here, here. So hopefully by the time I go very bald, this will be a very successful treatment. I think this is another little debate. I think you just need to shave it off, man. Like, mm-hmm. any bald guys out there, I think if you're holding on to it, I always think if you just commit to shaving it all off, Shave it, off it looks a hundred times better. Um, and just grow a big beard as well, because then you look like an upside down head. <laughs> you look like someone from Guess Who. Yeah, no, you just look like an absolute warrior. Build yeah. big muscles, grow a big beard, sorted. Yeah. yeah. Or you look like an e-fit. <laughs> <laughs> You're making everyone feel really good about themselves yeah. now, mate. Yeah. Shout out all the bald fans, we love you. Awesome. So yeah, that's that's article one. McDonald's fries could help you cure baldness or not. Excellent. Article two. So, uh, Jason, you went quite serious when you found this article. It's just a bit I'm new a serious for you. guy, man. No, you're not. You find <laughs> McDonald's baldness <laughs> articles. This is usually something I send you and you're like, oh, this is a bit dull. Um, science, so, boo. Hashtag science. So, evening exercise will not ruin your sleep and might even reduce appetite. It's something that I get asked quite a lot um, about. Um, people ask me what is the best time of day to exercise. And yeah, this, this research is suggesting that evening exercise won't ruin your sleep. Um, so I think it's always really important to remember when it comes to uh, questions like this. Um, a lot of people barely have the time to exercise as it is. And if you start stressing about when is the best time to exercise, you're just going to limit your chances of consistently keeping active um, even more than it currently is. If you prefer to exercise in the evening, then amazing, go for that. Um, It's apparently not going to impact your sleep too much or your appetite. Um, If you prefer to exercise in the morning, do it then. I would say find the time that best suits your lifestyle and keeps you more, more consistent. Thoughts, Jason? Yeah, I mean, so I'm someone who typically throughout my athletic career has always trained in the morning um in recent months i've started doing a little bit of training in the evening and i would say contrary to this i genuinely will generally feel hungrier afterwards Mm -hmm. um and also contrary to this i would say i do get a little bit of a spike of adrenaline or it does kind of wake me up Mm -hmm. there's i think there's a lot of maybe not studies, but there's a lot of anecdotal evidence out there that suggests that doing a workout in the morning will energize you for the day. So, um, but I think the the reason I wanted to pull this up was because of what you just said. Uh, You seem to get a lot of questions about when is the right time to do this? When is the right time to do that? And I think it's always encouraging to see studies that suggest that there's not really much difference and the best time to do it is when it works for you. So that's kind of why I wanted to bring it up. I also wanted to bring it up because this research was published in Experimental Physiology, which to me sounds like the name of a horror film. (laughs) (laughs) I'm there. When's the viewing? Yeah, I think it's really important from what you said. So you said that you prefer to exercise in the morning. You feel better for it. If you exercise in the evening, you feel a bit wired and hungry. It is completely personalized. Everyone's going to react differently. I have so many clients that if I suggested to them exercising first thing in the morning, they'd probably punch me in the face. Like morning exercising just isn't for them. I've seen that. And exercising in the morning just isn't for them. Um, Whereas I've got some clients as well who if I recommended they exercise in the evening, they're just not for it. I'm one of those people. I like to get up early, go and exercise because it does set me up for the day right. Um, And also, I just find that exercising in the morning gives you less time to talk yourself out of it. I totally agree. Um, The amount of times that I've got a workout scheduled in in the afternoon or evening and then work stuff comes up. um, I haven't got through the work as quickly as I wanted to and I bail on it. So I find that if I just get up six, half six, whatever it is, get to the gym, get it done, it's done. Your workout's done for the day. Totally, yeah. I mean, I turn into a pumpkin (laughs) after 5pm. So um, I'm with you there. Are you early to bed as well? No, but I definitely, in terms of work, in terms of anything uh, that requires a lot of attention, I definitely switch off, slow down mm-hmm. after like early evening. Um, so I know for me that if I ever do a workout in the evening, it's, it never really feels as beneficial for me. Maybe it's, I, I was going to say this, this <laughs> could potentially all be psychological, but I think there's no point undermining something that is psychological because mm-hmm. obviously placebo effect and, and mindset has a huge impact on your performance. So yeah, just uh, for me, I would echo the sentiments of 
when you think you're going to get the best from it, when you think it's going to be most consistent in terms of your schedule, that's when you should do it, right? Completely agree with you there. I'm the same. Like I, I play football once a week as well, and that's in the evenings. Um, and I find that every time I exercise in the evening, bit of football or weights, I lie in bed wired yeah, as same, well. Yeah. <clears throat> so I just don't sleep well if I exercise in the evening. So that works best for me. So I don't do it. Um, I exercise first thing in the morning. Whatever you find is the way that you enjoy to exercise, the way that you can stick to long term, then that should be your approach. And I guess, yeah, the hunger thing is important as well to touch on. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, I... I always quite like to have quite a big meal after I exercise um, and I don't really like eating big meals just before going to bed. There's nothing fattening or weird or bad about that, but it's just a preference thing. So so it's all about what works for you. I've, I've got absolutely no science to back this claim up, <laughs> but I also always find that if I eat before bed, it tends to keep me awake. Does it? Um, okay. And I don't know if that's got anything to do with... <sighs> insert bro science here <laughs> um my body you know working to digest food as i'm going to sleep i always find if i've eaten with plenty time before sleeping if i'm not necessarily like empty stomach per mm-hmm. se but i feel fully digested then i do sleep better um yeah I, d- I don't think there's kind of any research pointing that that's kind of a bad thing to do to eat just before bed but it is a preference thing mm. that doesn't work for you so you don't eat a big meal before bedtime and um, it's kind of a, a common misconception a common myth that you hear is don't eat past 7 p.m or don't eat carbs past 7 p.m because you're going to put on body fat it's just not true <clears throat> you can eat food whenever you want in the 24-hour window and it's not going to have that big an impact or that big a change. Um, so I know it sounds really boring, but it is just finding that approach works for you, the approach you can stick to for the rest of your life and just do it. Um, this research is really interesting because it's always kind of um, good to get clarifications on on some points, but a lot of the time evidence-based um, approach to exercise is great, but it should more be, there's a guy called Laurent Bannock, and he runs a podcast called Guru Performance, and we do science. I'm plugging another podcast here. I hope I'm allowed to do that. No. But he always he always makes a really important point where it shouldn't be evidence-based practice. It should be evidence-led practice when you're working with clients. So you take the research, you find out what is maybe the most beneficial, and then you try and adapt it to your lifestyle or to each client. So the evidence should lead the way that you exercise or eat, but it shouldn't just be the main focus, and it's not something that you have to stick to. Yeah, no, I totally agree. I totally agree. And I, I've always, my approach to training and diet has always been, oh, that sounds interesting. I'll see how it works for me, <laughs> as opposed to this is the Bible, this is the gospel. Um, one thing I know for sure, sales of experimental physiology will be through the roof <laughs> now if you mentioned on Just the Fitness. Well, tip. those four fans that you met are going to be yeah, buying exactly. Yeah. That's four more copies. <laughs> You're welcome, experimental physiology. Yeah, so I, I feel like that was we've summed that up pretty nicely and um yeah if if anyone has any questions about any of these points i think it's good to point out like if there's any topics we're discussing and you think i'd quite like to know a bit more about that then feel free just to drop either jason or i a message like we're always happy to to give you a little bit of support um jason's kind of plugged his instagram handle already which at is jason pro unicyclist cool and mine is um at michael ujoa pt so that's michael then u double l o a p t um and it's j a yeah and we're happy to kind of give you any kind of uh, personalized um advice um with it too but yeah Evening exercise will not ruin your sleep. So if you like to exercise in the evening, that's reassuring. Um, It might even reduce your appetite, which could be a benefit. Um, But if it does ruin your sleep and it does make you more hungry, don't exercise in the evening. I agree. Brilliant. Right. Article number three. So this is from hollyrood.com. Um, is this like a government website? Prestigious or? newspaper. It's Scotland's award-winning <laughs> current affairs magazine. Ah, okay. I've never heard of it. Um, so, um, apparently, so an associate feature, so time to change the food environment. Um, I don't know if you want to kind of quickly summarise this because you've looked at it a bit more than I have, Jason. You, what are you trying to say? Because I'm so well prepared this week. Is that what <laughs> yeah, you mean? Yeah, pretty much. You came with a checklist. <clears throat> yes, I did. <laughs> and I think the listeners will appreciate that. So for me, 
I mean, I am definitely going to paraphrase and I'm going to murder this because I just read it and the points it was making, um, people in Scotland who are overweight or obese outnumber those of a healthy weight two to one. Um, many are aware of the impact that has on their own health and their increased risk of heart disease, stroke, diabetes and cancer. So the, the what this guy gets into further down the line as well is about how the government is aiming to tackle that. And one of the things that seems to be neglected is the relationship between poor health and poverty, which is something that we spoke about briefly last week about how expensive it is to eat well. Um, and it also ties in quite nicely with my ability to plug my next video, Dan and Jason <laughs> Quest for Gains. Basically, the, the premise of the video being that we're going out to use the publicly funded outdoor gym equipment and really we're just trying to show you how bad it is uh, and I think it's really important because if you are someone that can't afford a gym membership or if you are someone who is from a kind of social background where working out is not at the forefront or it's not necessarily encouraged Sometimes these outdoor gyms are the only uh, point of contact you have for getting in shape. And I think the fact that they're, you know, despicably bad, they're poorly planned, they're, you know, they're, <laughs> if anyone follows me on Instagram, it's at Jason Pro Unicyclist, you'll see a picture of this contraption that looks like a roar. Do you know, I used this yesterday in the oh, park. Really? I went to, because after you, I, you posted on Instagram, I went to Invalid Park to take the dog out for a walk and me and Emma, uh, my fiance, we, we tried to use the equipment and it is laughable. Yeah. Yeah. It was, you look at this thing, it looks like, yeah, like a roar or a bike or something. <laughs> and when you look at it, you're like, what is that? And basically it's a, it's a machine that enables you to do a, a pulling movement using your body weight. Now, the fact that there's, someone has sat in a workshop designing this thing when you could get exactly the same results from a bar you know okay if you can't do pull-ups you can do uh, a kind of um a row with your feet on the ground and pull yourself up to the bar it's amazing that they've invented uh, <laughs> they've invented worse. they've invented <laughs> a solution for a problem that didn't exist so the point of the video that we're making is that you could provide much higher quality for the same price or maybe even cheaper and you can therefore um educate you can therefore introduce people to fitness um in a much more approachable way a much more sustainable way um and so yeah i mean and that's not even really talking about the the food or the diet element of the problem but it's mm -hmm. certainly a, a problem i think i don't think there's any reason why people shouldn't have some access to some form of exercise or fitness because all you really need is your body but i think for me it's what it represents it's the local council saying to you we've spent this much money on this thing for you to get fit and it's nonsense it's stupid mm -hmm. it's an afterthought it just to me i find it ridiculous that they've set all these targets and that's their solution for the problem and as we pointed out last week the fact that edinburgh ledgers had their budget slashed which you pointed out at the start of last week's episode and um, they've had it slashed what was it three million that's right yeah yeah three million cut from their budget um which shows that they don't really care about your health because they're cutting it back from the areas that are there to help support you and to improve your health um and they're willing just to spend a little bit of money on this crap that they post around the city in different parks um that they build sorry in different parks and yeah it's it is nonsense we we sat for about five ten minutes figuring out these stupid pieces of equipment yeah and you feel like an idiot yeah as well um i also think there's there's a bike they put in the meadows as well like one of the biggest parks in edinburgh that's like right next to the road have you seen that yeah one? yeah well so we use it in our video okay so there's a bike and there's also a hand bike and you're just a bit like the hand bike is the equivalent of shadow boxing do you know what i mean yeah, or yeah. like or we were talking about it last week about being able to do 40 press-ups doing press-ups is going to be a far better exercise than doing this stupid hand bike yeah. but also it's the point of like if you're walking down the road and you see that, you know, this is another conversation. I'm going to shout out a guy called Rannick that I went for a, a, a meeting with at the start of the week. And he we were talking about how to make uh, specifically kind of calisthenics more uh, accessible to people. Um, but we were talking about the community element of outdoor gyms. Now, I, I lived in London for four years and um, 
there's a lot of outdoor gyms there. But what they are is, is they're they're a patch, they're they're a designated area where there's lots of things that you can use to work out on. Here, there's one machine there, there's one machine here, and in fact, across our video, we showed that if we wanted a full body workout, we had to travel five and a half miles. <laughs> Okay, which I guess you're gonna get a better workout, but how many people are gonna be enthusiastic enough yeah. to do chest press in one place, run five and a half miles to do a wee shoulder press? Do you know what I mean? Like, so it's laughable. So the community element of it is totally lost because nobody is gonna to go to this hand bike mm -hmm. on Sunday morning to chat with their pals and talk about how this hand bike changed their life. And also the fact that it is, it's right next to the road as well. So usually people that exercise, like a lot of people that exercise, um, are quite self-conscious about yeah. doing so. Who's gonna go and sit themselves next to a really busy road in Edinburgh and use one of these stupid little hand bikes? Yeah. Exactly. It does. It, that you pointed that out as well is that what it does is it really isolates people so mm. even if I'm doing pull-ups on this assisted pull-up machine if I feel self-conscious about it self-conscious enough that I don't want to go to a gym am I really going to feel better about being the only guy in the yeah. middle of like this patch of grass doing pull-ups I don't think so so I think it's <clears throat> to me I think it's ridiculous that we you're setting all these things to try and tackle this massive problem which we're going to throw some stats in there because we don't like to just willy-nilly talk mm -hmm. about things here on Just for this Tip. It says 21% of women, and I don't know why it's isolated them, 21% of women living in more affluent areas are obese. It's 37% in deprived areas. So that's a, that's almost double. I know I said I had rubbish maths, but... Yeah, I know. I think it's... it's Yeah, it is. It's a huge difference. So it's it's definitely really important Um kind of access to, to decent food ingredients, um, access to gyms or places where you can stay active. Um, I don't think it's even that important that it, the obesity stats there. I don't think it's... What I'm trying to say is uh, the fact that people are getting obese isn't the main issue. It's just the fact that they're not able to lead an active and healthy lifestyle. Um, so, because what is a gym membership for Edinburgh Leisure now, for example? Like, the gym memberships are crazy. I think they're 30, between like 32 and 40 pound mm. a month or something like that, which most people can't afford. Um, you go and do a healthy food shop and you can easily spend kind of 70, 80 to 100 pounds. And people just cannot afford that. So I'm I'm really not surprised that there is such a big difference between affluent areas and areas that are struggling with money. Yeah, but I, and I also think that, I mean, nowadays we associate fitness and getting in shape with, like, Hollywood mm -hmm. and the kind of elite, like these guys that can afford to pay for expensive trainers like Michael Ujoa or... Uh, pay... I do have a cheaper option. Yes, yeah, you yeah. And... Um, and you know it's it's something that is it's kind of part of an affluent lifestyle of mm, getting yeah. in shape and i think for me i a big part of what i want to do is to send out this message of it, it's not something that you have to ask for permission it's not something that you have to it's not something it's not like a computer game where you rise to a stage and all of a sudden you get the opportunity to work out it's already yours like mm -hmm. you have it in you you just have to go out and take it and i think there's a, there's a huge um, there's a huge kind of empowerment in having someone say to you, you don't need to be told or you don't need to be um, given this by someone else. You have it within you to go and do it. But I do think someone needs to stand up and say that. Uh, and I, and I think. Again, it just brings it back to this idea of, I think the government want to like, hide behind this idea of we don't have enough money to do this, we don't have enough money to do that. I think they're spending the money they do have poorly. And, yeah, they're just and, spending it in the wrong places. Yeah, yeah, and I think that's the problem. It's not about not investing enough, it's about investing in the wrong place. So, guys, check out the uh, Dan and Jason Quest for Gains episode. It drops next week on YouTube, on Facebook. Check it out, get behind it. I know this sounds like a cheap plug, and it is, but it's also, we genuinely are trying to... Just highlight get, an issue, really. Yeah, yeah and, and the, the fact of the matter is we can make this funny video and we can make this entertaining thing and, you know, we can be in the spotlight or whatever. But at the end of the day, if you guys don't get behind it, if you guys don't buy into the message, if you guys don't then use that to try and change, then it means nothing, mm -hmm. you know. So, yeah. Yeah, no, I like it. It's a really cool premise for a video, man. And... Um... <clears throat> 
I will definitely be giving it a share when it comes out. When's it going live? Thanks, Mitch. Next week. Next week. Okay, cool. Yeah, it is one of the reasons why I started my subscription service there because I get so many messages from people that just can't afford help. People don't know where they where they should be starting. They can't afford a gym membership, so they don't have gym staff that can help them. They can't afford a personal trainer because, well, PT is like between 30 and 50 pound an hour. Um, most people can't afford that. I completely understand. So the reason I started this subscription service up is it's a much 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 cheaper start point and it gives everyone the nutrition guidance they need to get started it gives them exercise programs that are pretty easy to follow and then i'm there to help support people um so let's hope that your video has has a good impact it'd be interesting to see whether you actually have a response from you probably won't but whether you actually get a response from like edinburgh council or... yes I, I really want to and i really because I, I feel like i don't know if the listeners agree with me here but i feel like whenever you reach out to someone who works for local government you have to jump through these hoops mm -hmm. and you get all of these obstacles placed in front of you and as much as it sounds like we're on some kind of aggressive crusade to dress down the people who have done this, that's not the case at all. I want to engage those people and I want to genuinely sit in front of them and say, who put these things in the park? What was the thinking? What was the strategy? You know, if you're a private company and you're trying to attack a problem, you set it out and only then would you invest the money in the solution that makes the most sense. And to me, that does not seem to be the case. And, then, and rather than just dress them down and tell them that they're idiots, we should be going forward. How can we change it? How can we invest this money in better facilities, in better campaigns? Um, and really actually try and, you know, not just look at this thing on a screen that says, one third of uh, Scottish children are obese and go, oh my God, that's awful. But let's go, one third, that's what? If you see three kids in the street, Mitch, one of them's going to be fat, mm -hmm. right? That's crazy, okay? So rather than having that as an abstract idea, let's actually try and do something about it. And because it's only going to get worse. Mm -hmm. It's only going to get worse if it stays the way it is. Um, so, you know. I like it. Thanks. No worries, you got me worked up there. I need, to, I need to go and follow a bumblebee or top deck <laughs> No, you need to follow your checklist. Come on. You live in Edinburgh, not Shetland. You're right. Yeah. So you need to go and shout some Airbnb. Um, I've already ticked that off. <laughs> okay. Can you only do them once? Is it do it once and that's it? I don't know. I'll have to go back to my GP and ask. <laughs> Yeah, it's a really important topic and I hope you do get some sort of response. And if not, then let's make another video where we keep bugging them. Tippers, let's get behind this. Let's let's start the movement. Let's movement. Yes. Cool. Right, let's bring it on to our final article, shall we? Yep. So, um, vegan... Oh, actually, I've... on that point, before we move on, there's just a really interesting book that I was going to highlight that's, um, that I read. I've not read it for a few years yet, but I... it came out in 2014, so it probably was about four years ago or so that I read it. Um, it's by a lady... Well, yeah, I didn't... I don't think I read it when it first came out. All right. All right, Jason. <laughs> <laughs> that's my maths. Yeah, personal trainers aren't really good at counting. Um, so, yeah, there's a book by a lady called Sarah Bosley. Um, so that's B-O-S-E-L-E-Y. And she, I know, I've actually spoken to her on Twitter before. She's lovely. Like, oh, she's really vested nice. interest here. <laughs> no. Jobs for the boys. <laughs> no, she's honestly a really, really nice lady. But she wrote a book called The Shape We're In, How Junk Food and Diets Are Shortening Our Lives. And it doesn't just highlight the fact that kind of we have an obesity epidemic, if you want to call it that, across the UK. It kind of delves into why we are having so many issues when it comes to unhealthy food being sold, uh, why we're leading such inactive lives. And one of the uh, one of the chapters in the book looks at supermarkets and the way that they advertise unhealthy food to us. They work with psychologists to kind of tap into our psyche to see how they can best sell products to us. So you've got someone going into a supermarket who already has a very poor knowledge on nutrition. They don't really know what they should be eating to get healthy. And then they're fighting against supermarkets and psychologists that are trying to sell us products that we don't want or need. So yeah, it's just, I found it a really fascinating book. Um, it just highlights a few things that once you become aware of it, I think it actually helps you to not fall for some of the, the traps that they lay for us when you walk into supermarkets. I think a big part of it is that I think if you're not in poor shape, if you do eat well, if you do exercise, I think you look at it as someone else's problem. Mm -hmm. I think this is something that transcends just this topic. I think we need to reframe it and see that if people in our community and our society are doing badly, it's going to affect all of us negatively. Yeah. So, you know, unhealthy kids, 
it's not just they're not just ruining their own lives or affecting their lives negatively. They're affecting everybody's. I think when you reframe that, when you don't look at it as, oh, you know, Tesco's got to make ends meet, mm-hmm. or oh, you know, the government should just let everyone do what they want. It's it should be for the greater good. I think when you start looking at it that way, that's when you can make a positive change. I think it's also really important as well to to realise that obesity isn't just a laziness issue. And people that are active and quite fit and healthy, they'll look at people that are fat and think they're lazy, they're just not trying hard enough. And it's so much more complex than that. Um, kind of, as we've touched on, um, access to money, to decent food and places where you can exercise is huge. Um, nutritional education is completely out. Um, supermarkets being able to advertise junk food adverts on TV, it's so much more complex than just someone being lazy and that's the reason that they are fat um so i think it's just important to and it's also quite challenging when um someone uh, comes in with an alternative viewpoint here if you try and argue with someone who has that viewpoint they think fat people are just lazy people can get quite defensive and aren't really open to um to thinking about it in a separate way but i promise you it is far more complex than that you've got absolute idiots like piers morgan on tv telling you that you're just fat and lazy um when yeah it's it's not the case who was the the lady who was on the front of um cosmopolitan magazine was it tessa halliday was that her name um, and she got quite a lot of stick. I don't read Cosmopolitan, Mitch. I don't. I read, read... Women's Health. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I, I don't. I never. I did read her article because it was in the news and it was so widespread. Um, but she was being criticised for being on the front of a magazine for advertising obesity, and I just don't think it's the case. Um, if we can kind of celebrate all body types and all sizes, um, this will hopefully allow people to be in a better headspace to make healthier changes. So, I don't think it is simply just uh, you're lazy. That's why you're fat. It's a very complex issue, which you can't talk about in just a short 5, 10, 15 minute skip. But if people can start maybe thinking about it in a slightly different way, then I will say that I've won here. I'll also say Sarah Bosley, who's obviously the author of this book that Michael Ujoy is trying to um, get you to read. Sarah, if you hit me up on Instagram at Jason. (laughs) I think she's more Twitter. I'd be happy to read your book if you send me a copy. I will message Sarah after this podcast episode has been recorded. I think she's probably written a few books since then because it was a while ago. But yeah, I just I really liked it. Um, it was a book that I read when I first started off PTing. So my views are a lot are very different now compared to when I started. So it'd be interesting to see whether um, I kind of agree with everything that's spoken about in the book. But I just remember it being fascinating. So yeah, go give it a read. Grab it on Amazon or wherever. It's probably, um, yeah, I don't think you'll regret it. It's a great book. If I regret it, I blame you. Please do. Please do. Okay, right. We'll bring it on to our last article. And with Jason being a bit childish and me too, I'm not going to offload this. Well, I feel like I've been too serious this episode. <laughs> yeah. And I feel like the listener is like the jovial, whimsical <laughs> Jason. So Yeah, we've actually had quite a couple of hard-hitting topics there. So we need to make it a bit light-hearted to finish. So I'm going to read the, um, the uh, article tagline. Um, and then... As silly as it is... Read it in its entirety. I'm going to. I'm going to read it in its entirety. And we'll, you'll think we're just being a bit silly pointing out this article. But there is a reason for us wanting to talk about it. So um, it's from the Daily Mail, which is already ridiculous. Um, but um, the tagline is, Vegan YouTube star, 30 years old, reveals he ejaculated for the first time in months after eating salmon following years of feeling depleted on a plant-based diet. Okay, so apparently this guy is quite a well-known YouTube star. I've never heard of him, but you had, hadn't you? You said that he was quite a, a kind of militant vegan, if you want to call it that. Um, so he's he's kind of switched from being completely plant-based to now reintroducing meat. Because I think on a whole, they, the Daily Mail being sensationalist, they've picked up on the whole ejaculated for the first time in months um, to get people to read it. But I think it does actually have a really important message behind it. I'm going to let you go first and just talk about this guy because I don't know anything about yeah. him. Do you? <laughs> yeah, I know lots about him. So first of all, I just love the way that's worded. Ejaculated for the first time in months after eating salmon. Like, <laughs> Like a cause and yeah. effect, like yeah. you finish this salmon and then just there we go. Yeah, there we go. Um, and I know the sales of salmon will be up through the roof <laughs> yeah. after reading this. So Sarah Bosley's book and salmon sales are going to go right up. Yeah. Um. So yeah, no, I know Tim Sheaf. So uh, I've been involved in the extreme sports, urban sports community for you know fifteen plus years. Tim Sheaf was a prominent free runner. Um, 
I first saw him when he won is like a Barclays free running event, which was in Trafalgar Square a long time ago. Um, he then went on and, and was quite prominent in terms of doing stuff for Red Bull. He started his own team. Um, oh my goodness, I've blanked on what they're called now. But um, you know, he was a he was he was a very prominent face in terms of promoting. Um, free running and, and doing it in the mainstream. So there was a point where he, I mean, he was a pretty jacked guy. He was in good shape, but he was quite a big guy. Um, they're called storm free running. It just came to me. So, um, but then he decided to go vegan and he lost a lot of weight. I mean, mm -hmm. we're talking, I mean, I, I don't know for sure, but I would say something like three, four stone. Um, and then he started doing uh, Ninja Warrior. I don't know if you guys know Ninja Warrior, the TV show, but he uh, he's won it. I think he's won it more than once, actually. Um, and he attributed a lot of his cardio gains uh, to being vegan um, and being a better athlete because he was vegan. His stamina increased and so on and so forth. Um, and he was very militant. And it is a bit of a cliche these days to say, you know, my favorite one is if someone is a vegan and does CrossFit, which one do they tell you about first? Um, you know, a lot of these people like to be quite evangelical with their beliefs. Mm -hmm. But this guy was on all these platforms, using all these platforms to tell everybody. And he was he was an extreme vegan. I think there was a point where he went raw vegan. Mm -hmm. um, I, I, I saw something where he was not, he decided to do quite an extreme fast where he ended up fasting for something like mm -hmm. over a month. Um, so, the, I mean, he... The, the thing that really highlighted this to me is the fact that I think whenever you go to one end of the spectrum, you're always going to regret it. I think because now he's mm -hmm. coming back and saying that being vegan made him feel weak. Mm -hmm. It made him feel depressed. Um, and I always just think it's a bad idea because you're, you're going to have people now who were you know, left a bitter taste in their mouth by you being so condescending in terms of telling them how to live their lives. Mm -hmm. You now come out and tell them actually you were feeling the way that they did, that they said that you would feel. I don't think people will have any sympathy for you. I think the message here is the middle path is generally the best path. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so I'm going to stick up for vegans a little bit first before I before I give my thoughts. I work with quite a few vegan clients and veganism can be a great way to eat if managed correctly. The problem is that 99% of the time it is not managed correctly. Um, as people think that they can simply cut out all animal products and they're going to be leading a healthier lifestyle um, or eating a healthier diet and it's not the case. A long-term approach to veganism or a healthy approach to veganism requires planning and most likely requires supplementation on the side as well. If you simply cut out meat, you cut out dairy, you cut out eggs, you cut out kind of all those animal products that are providing you with a large amount of micro and macronutrients, you are opening yourself up for deficiencies. Um, and this is clearly what happened. What was his name? Was it Tim? Tim Sheaf. Yeah. Tim Sheaf. So this is exactly what has happened to Tim Sheaf here. He's <clears throat> he's obviously wasn't possibly managing it that well um his health was starting to suffer and he's decided to i know he was a bit militant before and he's he's built up a bit of a following because of that but i think this comes down to a guy acknowledging that he's messed up he's done possibly his diet in the wrong way and he's decided to reintroduce animal products into his diet to improve his health and i take my hat off to him for that because he's i think he started up many vegan companies as well which are probably going to boot his ass out for doing this well they have done he started a vegan clothing company called ethics without the eye and they've they've dropped him because mm -hmm. he is no longer 100 percent plant-based but i think that that i think that's really bad and it's something Agreed, it's a problem yeah. that i have with a kind of a large part of the vegan community is this idea that you know it reminds me of religion in a little way where it's like if you're not 100% perfect, then you're not welcome. Mm -hmm. And <clears throat> rather than saying, you know, he could be a real life example to people, you know, oh, you know what, I didn't, I've not always been plant-based and sometimes it's been difficult. And obviously I fell off the wagon. I mean, it sounds like alcoholism here, but like, obviously I fell off the, the wagon, but then I came back again, it reinforces this idea of uh, it was a choice mm -hmm. rather than <laughs> feeling forced, but it also reinforces the fact that it's not an easy choice. It's mm -hmm. a decision that you have to make and it's an ongoing one. I think booting him personally, it just, it turns me right off to... to... I, I think the message that they're probably, give, that they are giving here by the fact they've kicked him out and kind of... um 
criticised his point. There was a quote actually here of what the company um, said. They said they felt really let down, I think was the exact wording. And it just shows that they care more about their company image um, and their vegan views more than this guy's health. Um, this guy felt that he needed to introduce animal products to feel healthy again and to get his health back on track. And the fact that this company has just completely slated him for it, I think, is a bit ridiculous. And yeah, get over yourselves a little bit. I'm, I'm completely behind a vegan diet if you do it correctly. But I also feel like there are you don't necessarily have to go completely vegan to get the health benefits, but also for the environmental um, and ethical benefits too. Um, I know that this is going to be a very polarizing subject. and There's probably vegans listening to this thinking that we're wrong for the views that we have. But so personally, I've cut back a lot on my, my meat intake in the last kind of two to three years because of mainly environmental reasons, uh, the environmental impact of the meat industry. Um, so I now eat a lot less meat than I used to. I've introduced a lot more plant-based sources for protein um, and I feel really good for it. So I think that there is kind of a healthy middle ground here that a lot more people could take and they'd feel a lot happier and healthier. Um, I understand if kind of for the ethical reasons people don't want to eat animals. I completely respect your decision for that. But if you're simply doing it for health reasons, you're wanting to improve your health, you don't have to go the whole hog. Yeah. I mean, you don't have to go as far as Tim Sheaf, who allegedly drank his own urine. Is that vegan? Must be. <laughs> yeah. um, but I think, <laughs> I think uh, look, yeah, for me, I think this is just a warning of of one going too far being extreme i think whenever you start using a term cutting things out you have to be very very careful mm -hmm. because i think excluding anything from your diet is going to have a huge effect whether that be positive or negative but it is going to affect you massively mm -hmm. i think also maybe really really think about the hill that you want to die on before you die on it right that's all <laughs> i would say and if you aren't ejaculating presumably because you're trying and failing have a bit of salmon <laughs> yeah, yeah exactly that and that goes to vegans and yeah. non-vegans yeah. <laughs> support yeah. the scottish fishing industry i said have you have you ever tried veganism for a bit i wonder what you're gonna ask me no. <laughs> um no i've never tried veganism say, and i never will it. but i will say so i'm regular <laughs> tippers will know that my fiance is vegetarian and i lived with her parents and they were vegetarian and so i ended up eating a I would say if I had to put a number on it, like 80%, 90% non-meat diet. So they weren't vegan. Mm -hmm. um, and as I touched on back in, way, way back in February, uh, <laughs> I used milk and yogurt and cheese to a lesser extent as a way of getting a non-animal uh, protein in, into my body. So the idea also just... Look, I'm not victimizing you guys. Like, I'm not. I'm not singling you out. Everybody's different, and I'm a huge believer in the fact that, like, calling yourself a vegan does not make you exactly the same as everybody else who calls themselves a vegan. And that same thing applies to people who do cross. No, actually, crossfitters are all idiots. But no, um, he's that pointed at Lewis. Just one. all of Lewis, you. <laughs> um, Lewis that owns Graham's Cafe. Big, yeah, big CrossFit. Lover. Yeah, don't give him promotion. Um, <laughs> so we, uh, we, uh, yeah, no. But but what I would say is like I think. The, a lot of them seem very miserable and I think I understand it now if none of them are ejaculating that's why they're so miserable oh, no. it makes perfect sense I thought it was just because they really wanted some yazoo <laughs> but it turns out there's a deeper problem there so um I would say guys so we're doing a lot of like we're doing a lot of experiments here with the tipping community if you're bald go out and have some chips let us know how that works if you if you're vegan and you've not ejaculated have a bit of salmon let us know how it works incredible so <laughs> so i i went vegan for a week to try it out because i was out of intrigue um and i put it out to uh, people within my facebook group as well and i think it was about seven or eight of us that tried it for a week and it's really restrictive yeah. for a start it requires so much more planning than kind of a, a normal if we're going to say that a normal diet that contains animal products and um, so it just kind of proved to me how much planning needs to go into it and how much effort people need to make to do it correctly um, I didn't enjoy it, if I'm completely honest. It was far too restrictive for me, and I enjoy eating meat occasionally. Um, and yeah, it's it's just it's not for me. But 
I think the take home message that we just want to point out here is you don't need to go to the extreme of going fully vegan if you're just doing it for health reasons. Um, because this is evidence here of, and you just got to Google um, kind of vegan diet issues and you'll see streams of stories of people that have gone through similar issues here. Um, their mental health has suffered, their physical health has suffered. Um, and a lot of people where they reintroduce animal products, it seems to correct itself. Not to say that's because of the animal products, but it's from what people are missing in their diets from going full vegan. Also, if you've got a popular YouTube channel, don't film yourself drinking piss. <laughs> yeah. None of us want to see that. <laughs> no. I, I have, honestly have no idea what he was thinking with that. Um, it's, that's, was it Madonna that did? No, it wasn't Madonna. I don't want to like single out Madonna when she's not actually done it. But there was a celebrity that was promoting that as a as a good detoxifying. There's, there, there seems to be phases of yeah. people who do it. And... No, I think, was it Madonna who said it helped cure her athlete's foot? Oh, wow. Yeah. Maybe she should try eating McDonald's fries. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Amazing. Right, I think I think we've wrapped up that article there. And that brings us to the end. Wait, 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 Mitch, 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 oh, Mitch, Mitch. You've got a hip-hop quote. Forgot, it's oh, a hip-hop quote. Every week, I forget. Hip-hop quote. Okay, so there's a bit of uh, colourful language in this, so I will self-censor because Michael doesn't like it when I swear. So it, this, is a, this is a line from a freestyle by a guy called Black Thought, who is part of The Roots. Mm-hmm. He says, just because they give you shh, don't mean you have to take it. And what I like, what my takeaway from that is, guys, I always like to leave this up to interpretation because that's the beauty of art. My takeaway from that is your attitude towards what happens to you is your decision. You can't change how people treat you. You can't change how the world around you uh, interacts with you, but you can control 100% how you react to that. So just because people give you shh, don't mean you have to take it. And I hope... <laughs> <laughs> I hope you take those words. Go and listen to that freestyle. It's awesome. It's on Funk Flex. Um, <laughs> take those words into your heart and live, live the life. <laughs> Stop the bombs! <laughs> oh, and we're gonna leave that there because I think that was very eloquently put, mate. As always, guys, if you enjoyed this episode five of Just a Fitness Tip, please share it. Uh, please follow us on whatever podcast platform you're listening on um, and tell all your friends about us um, to help spread the word. <laughs> just um, tell them. Yeah, just tell them. You know, it would be funnier. No context. Just say, I was listening to a podcast today. Apparently, you're not supposed to drink your own piss. <laughs> Leave it there. <laughs> Brilliant. So this is episode five of Just the Fitness Tip, Edinburgh's number one fitness podcast. Thank you so much for listening, and we will see you all again next week. Uh, Jason Pro Unicyclist. <laughs> nice plug, man.